Hey guys, Cam here with We Need Jesus Podcast for this episode of Kitchen Sermons. We're going to talk about a topic called death. And death is something that I feel like we don't cover enough in our life and especially in our Christian walk. So stay tuned. We're going to talk about death. So the topic today is death. And the funny thing is, is I feel like as humans, we don't talk about death at all. Uh, I know that death is a topic that a lot of people don't want to go over or talk about or have a conversation with because it means the ending of of a life. It means the ending of your life uh, or someone else that you may love or a friend. Uh, so as a world and as a people, we don't talk about death because a lot of times it brings uncertainty what happens after death. And so many times when we look at death, we look at it as the as a person dying. But with death, you either have life or death. That's just kind of the, the way it shakes down. You either have life lived in abundance and eternally with God in heaven, or you live with the separation from God in hell. That is the nature of, of death, of even life. That at one point you will be born, and then another point you will die. And then, like I said, it's a topic that a lot of people don't like to go over because it puts a mortality tag on our lives. And it's kind of funny that I'm actually talking about death right now. Is uh, my grandmother, who is 94 years old, she just passed away. And death is a tough subject. You know, but one of the great things about about her life and everything is that she was saved. She was a Christian. She actually paved the way for for my thought processes and my spiritual walk with God through representation of her life. So even in death, we mourn the death of the body, but yet we celebrate in the resurrection of her soul in heaven because that's what we receive through salvation. We receive a resurrected soul into heaven. We receive that. But it is hard at times to understand why things happen. And then, so my grandmother, she passed away. I mean, like I said, she was 94 years old. She, she had an old body. She had an old body. And, you know, your body will give out. And the Bible tells us that, that the body will give out. But one of the great things about seeing death at old age is that you have had the opportunity, especially with my grandmother, to see and know where her heart is. But so many times in our nation and in our lives and in our people and our population of people and just in humanity as a whole, we don't like the idea of death. We all have this idea that we're going to live to be, uh, you know, 150 years old or whatever the number is. We never take into account that death is around the corner. Death, death could be tomorrow. The Bible even tells us that we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So if we're not guaranteed tomorrow, then why do we think that we can, are going to live, you know, long, long lives? I have witnessed multiple people that have died that are younger than me, and I'm in my 30s. So death has no, has no idea of age, race, gender, anything like that. It comes for everyone. 
It literally comes for everyone. It's the one thing in life that we will never get away from. It's the one thing that no matter how healthy you are, how much you exercise, or how fit you are, or mentally stable you are, whatever, the, whatever it is, eventually death will come. And that is the nature of living this life that we live in. So like I said, I've been in a season of kind of just this death and celebration is, is I guess, the best way to put it. And going through it is, is tough because you mourn, you mourn the body, like I said earlier, but yet you celebrate the soul. And it's kind of funny when I think about these things because in the forefront of my mind, I know it's just the body, but yet I know she's with heaven, absent in the body, present with the Lord. As soon as that last breath was taken, she was with God. She was able to see the whole reason why she lived her life. She was able to see and witness the witness as she was to other people to, to completion when she was with Jesus. Bluetooth it's funny. The Bible tells us in Psalms 73.26, it says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength, my heart, and my portion forever. So in the in the reality perspective, in the worldly perspective, you know, our lives are such a small, a small portion of eternity. And Francis Chen, he pastor, did a great job of explaining this. He had a, a rope as an illustration, and he had colored it maybe six inches of the rope red. And the rope was probably a hundred feet longer behind that. And it said he said that we worry about this spot, the red spot, the six inches. We worry so much about this spot, and we ignore everything else in eternity and he starts pulling the rope through because we're so worried about ideas we're so worried about ideologies we're so worried about how we look or how we fit in keeping up with the joneses type of thought process and we neglect to understand that after this life we have eternity that that eternity is going to be depicted based off of our lives here But the Bible, the Bible has all these illustrations of death and understanding what death is and, and how it plays out in our life. So one of the verses that I was looking at, just going through this, this study of doing this sermon on death, is it led me to the, in the beginning, uh, in Genesis. It says in Genesis 2-7, Then the Lord God formed man out of dust from the ground and breathed life into his nostrils, the breath of life, and man became a living being. So we experience life, right? And because of sin, we now experience death. God gives us life. Because of our sinful nature, we have death. And it says in Job 34.15, all flesh would perish together and man would return to dust. And that is the illustration that when you die, we mourn this body, we mourn the person that we knew, and that person is gone. As soon as that, as soon as that person passes away, the soul is taken. The soul is taken, and then the body gets put into the ground and eventually decomposes back to nothing, in which what the Bible says was created from dust, and from dust we return to dust. So when we look at this, we have to understand that it's not the person we're losing. We're losing 
the soul of the person, the being of the person, and that is what death is. It's the death of the body, but actually death comes past that because you either have life after death or you have death after death. You either live with God or you're away from God. There's a separation. God's not in hell. God is in heaven. And through our sinful nature, we have to make two choices. We have to either say yes or no to a question. And we're going to go over that question here in a little while. But it's the basis behind everything that when this body fails, when my body fails one day, eventually it will be put into the ground and it will just wither away to nothing. So we mourn the, we mourn the bodies of people, but yet we neglect to understand the the actual reason for the death, and that is for the resurrective life or death again of their soul. You know, I, I ask myself all this time, all the time that, you know, people die and we, we see celebrities die. And we, you know, one of my favorite pastors is Billy Graham. And, you know, the death of an icon, of a theological icon. But yet we, we have to keep in mind that the amount of people that get touched by this vessel that I call a body through my decision of a yes and through a decision of Billy Graham's yes and through the decision of other people's yeses will affect other people's eternity. That when their bodies die and wither away, they have a resurrected life. So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. We talked about you know life at the beginning and life returning to the end. You know, you're brought in by dust and you return to dust. But what happens after death? That is the question that everybody asks. If you ever really see anything that goes on when it comes to people talking about death is what happens? Where do you go? What's, you know, what, where, where do you, do you go up to heaven? Are you reincarnated by something else? Or are you just gone? Like you just don't exist anymore. That you were once here and now you just, there's nothing to you. Um, so looking at these things, you know, what is, what is after death? What is after death? You know, it's a topic that nobody can give an answer to. Through faith, we know that we go, we go to heaven, but nobody can tangibly give an, a legit, like I've you know, some people have been to heaven, some people have been to hell and been recalled back. But like, I feel like that is always the question that most people ask is, where do you go when you die? And it's something that we, we have to be conscious of. As Christians, I know that when I die, I will be with the resurrected God, a uh, resurrected Jesus. I know that I will be in the, His presence. I know that as soon as I enter in through His gates, that I will be in heaven, and through my faith, I know without a shadow of a doubt where I will go when I die. But there's so many people that don't know where they go when they die. So many people that don't even have a clue that they think that they're just going to be reincarnated and that they're going to live, you know, as a as as another person or as another version of yourself in a different in a different life. But it says in Romans 2, 7, He will give you eternal life to those who are persistent in doing what is good, seeking after glory, honor, and immortality that God 
offers. So through your yes, you get the eternal life. Through your yes, you have life abundant after this life. And that's the key. We have life after death, after our physical death. But we have to make sure that we are being a vessel for the living God. And that starts with a yes. So with the yes comes what we say salvation. And salvation is what we receive through our, through our yes to God. Saying that we need a Savior and that we need you. I can't do this any longer. And that you need to infiltrate my heart and just repossess my heart. Take everything that's out and kick it away and repossess my heart. You know, we, we've been given examples of all kinds of ways of people's thought processes when it comes to death. And honestly, the, the most relevant one that I could find in the Bible that fits this is when Jesus is on the cross. So we see this now, that Jesus has been betrayed by his people. Jesus has been authorized to, to be crucified by Pilate, even though Pilate knows that there's no offense done by this man. And then Jesus carries his cross up to Calvary, which is going to be the mountain. So it's called Golgotha, the, the, mount, the skull. And we see a vision of a yes and a no amongst two criminals. So the Bible tells us that Jesus was placed in the middle of two criminals. It says that one of the criminals, so this is Luke 23, verse 39 through 43. And it says, one of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you are the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself, us too, while you are at it. But the other criminal protested, Do, uh, don't you fear God even when you are dying? We deserve to die for our evil deeds, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus replied to the man, I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. So we are given an opportunity to, to witness a yes and a no. A man that was wants to give a yes to God and another man that wants to say no to God. On one hand, we have selfishness, we have arrogancy, we have the same thought process that the world had about Jesus at the time, that if you are who you say you are, Take yourself down off this cross. And while you're at it, why don't you save me too? That's a last-ditch effort for somebody to be like, well, if he is the Messiah, why don't you save me too if you save yourself? But at the same time, you're, you're scoffing at him and condemning him for the words that he said about himself and the prophecies that were being fulfilled. But then you see the other man. You see the man of humility, the man who understood the calling on Jesus and who he was as the Messiah. And he tells him, that when you enter into your kingdom, please remember me. And Jesus says, assure to you today that you will be with me in paradise. So we see the redemption through the yes. Before Christ even dies, we see the, the image of redemption. The one man asked God, don't forget me when you enter into your kingdom. And just like, just like Jesus does, just like he did all throughout his ministry, he remembers and he goes, you will surely be with me 
today in paradise. That's a representation of God's of Jesus' love for us and who, who he's called us to be. And we know that through his death, we do have resurrection. And that man knew it. I mean, we're talking faith without understanding because Jesus hadn't even died yet. Hadn't even resurrected his, body, his soul. And the man was asking to be present with the Lord. That's the desperation. Even in, even in the times of my last death, or in the times of my death, I want to be with God. I want to have the peace of God. And that's, the, that's what Jesus provided to the man on the cross. He provided him the peace of knowing that he believed in Jesus wholeheartedly that he would be with him in paradise. It's kind of funny because when my grandmother passed away, we, my mom, my dad, and I, we were actually ready to get ready to leave. We didn't really know um, how long this process of ending life would be. So we started praying, and um, I remember praying over her just that, you know, the Holy Spirit would just bring peace on her body, that just the Holy Spirit would just cover her and that he would comfort her in a time of this, in a time of need that she's in. And you know, honestly, after that prayer, I, I would say it was probably a couple minutes and she slowed down, her body stopped laboring. And at that point in my life, just recently, I got to see how the Holy Spirit completely brings peace over a body. Like peace beyond understanding that that the body knew where she was going and that the Holy Spirit was present with her at that time. You know, Jesus tells us, and especially when he, when he ascends into heaven, he tells the disciples that he must leave. And the disciples plead with him, God, where will you go? You know, Jesus, where will you go? And he says, don't fear, for I will provide you with, a, with my spirit. And I can think of all kinds of names that I would call the Holy Spirit, my comforter, my healer, my counselor, my voice of reason. We receive that through, through salvation. And I just got to see how comforting and peaceful the Holy Spirit can be over, over someone that is passing away. It's so good to know that we serve a God that loves us and that He sent His Son and that His Son, His Spirit resides within us and that we can have peace just like that in any circumstance, in any opportunities of life that we can receive peace, we can receive counsel, we can receive healing, we can receive words of love from God. The Bible tells us that in John 3.16, which is probably the most recited Bible verse that probably most people know, and it said, for, so, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that who should ever believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's a depiction of a father that loves people. A God that loves people, that He loved Him so much, He sent His Son to dwell in an earthly body so that He could be the atoning sacrifice of our sins so that we are not condemned to death, but condemned to life. The Bible goes on in the same chapter in verse 
John 3, verse 36. It says, all who believe in God's Son have eternal life. Those who do not believe the Son will experience eternal life, will not experience eternal life, but the wrath of God's will remain upon them. So in the absence of, of God, we receive death, and that is an eternity in hell, an eternity of separation, an eternity of, of confusion and chaos, an eternity of torment, all off of a decision, all off of a decision to say yes or no, to step out on the boat like Peter did, or to not step out of the boat. It takes a yes. It takes a yes. But one of the great things that we get reminded of is that Jesus loves us despite the fact that we may not love Him, that His love does not unwaver from us, that it is consistent even if we choose to say no. One of my favorite passages when it comes to salvation, when it comes to sin, when it comes to what you're dealing with in life, it's Psalms 139, verse 23 through 24. And it says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is anything offensive in me and lead me in the way of everlasting life. So when we need Jesus, when we get to that point in our life where we can't do this on our own, when we can't fight any longer with the things that we're fighting, with the demons that we're battling, the addictions that we face, we have to come to the to the ground and kneel before God and tell him if there's anything within me God take it away because I need you I need your Holy Spirit I need you to fill me I need you to give me a new identity I need you to give me the opportunity to serve and to be with you we face so many challenges in life that we try to do it on our own. I know I say this all the time to myself that, you know, I'll make it happen. I'll figure something out. I tell my wife that all the time. I'll figure something out. And in some instances, I don't need to figure it out. I need God just to step in. And that's, and that's where I'm at in life right now, is that I just need God to step in. I need Him to step in in such a way to change directions, to change perspectives, to change ideas and thought processes. But that can only be done with a yes. Romans 6, verse 22 through 23, tells us, But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So through our yes, through our yes, we have gone over sin because sin was defeated by Jesus. And it says because of the wages of sin is death. Because of your birth and the sinful nature that we are born into, in the sinful world we are born into, we receive death. That's what we receive. That's our gift from, from Satan. As soon as birth happens, we are given death and sin. And it says for the wages of sin is death 
But the free gift of God is eternal life. You only get that gift if it's through a yes. Billy Graham had a really good quote that I like. And it says that Jesus became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey Him and call by God. There's so many times in life that we try, we try to push our own agenda. So many times in life we try to figure it out on our own. So many times in life we sit here and we try to, to grasp it, make plans. Unfortunately, there's only so many times that you can write out a budget. There's only so many times that you can plan out what you're going to do when you have to come to the idea and to the conclusion that you need someone to step in. That you need someone to step in that at that point in your life, you can't do it on your own. That you and your wife can't do it on your own. That you and your kids can't do it on your own. That you need a God and you need a Savior to step in and give you direction and to give you a path. But all that only starts with a yes. I'll submit to you today that a yes to me occurred many years ago. And I thought for such a long time that my testimony and everything... I didn't really have a testimony. I grew up in church. I went to church all the time. I you know, went to a Christian school, and I never thought I had a testimony. But then I remember I went through some very tough times, and I remember coming through these times happening to rely on God. And if I didn't say a yes 20 years ago, 30 years ago, then my yes would have been a no, and I would not have made it through some of the troubling times that I've been through. I will tell you, just like Jesus said that I must go, but I will give you my spirit, which is a counselor and a restorer. That is what it is. You have restoration power in your own life. You have the ability as Christians to provide restoration power to those around through encouragement, through prayer. There's so many things that the Holy Spirit does to keep his people going and encouraged. Sometimes it feels like we're carrying the weight of our, on our shoulders. And sometimes we feel like we're flying higher than the sky just because of how things are going in life. But the ups and downs, you need a consistent. And that comes only with Jesus Christ. So I'll tell you today that if you don't know Jesus, you can. You can. And it's such an easy thing to know that you need Jesus. The Bible tells us that we must deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow Him. That means that we die to who we are. That the things that we do now are transformed by the, by the renewing of our mind. Romans 12.2 tells us, Do not conform to the ways of this world, but changing by the renewing of your mind. So that means you no longer think the way you did. That you ask the Holy Spirit to change your heart and change your mind and change directions. Salvation literally means to turn the opposite direction. You're going this way and you're switching to the other side. But I'll tell you, in that moment when you pray that you need Jesus, you will be met with His love, His peace, His Holy Spirit. And you're not alone. You don't have to go through this life alone. That you have a God that fights for you and that has fought for you before you even said yes to get to this point. So let's go ahead and let's pray. I'm going to ask you a question. 
and then I'm going to lead you in prayer. And we're going to meet God in a way right now that everybody should have a relationship with Him. We'll know that they're changed and that God would meet you wherever you are. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for every person that is listening to this, God, that you would have the resurrection power and Holy Spirit just meet them where they're at. Lord, I pray that you prepare hearts, God, to have relationship with you. And I pray, God, that you would just reveal your heart to people. If you are wanting to say the prayer to have Jesus to come into your life, just repeat after me. Lord, I can't do this on my own. I've tried for so long to do it on my own. I need you. I need you to replace the gunk in my heart, replace the selfishness in my heart, and infiltrate my heart in such a way, God, that renews my soul. I need you as my Savior. I need you as my comforter. I need you as my restorer. I no longer want to do this life by myself. I want to do it with you. Come in. Change me. Remake me. And build me up. And pray this in your name. Amen. One of the great things about when you pray those prayers and you allow Jesus to come into your heart, He meets you in such a way that you can't deny what you just did. That it was something so supernatural that is in you now that you, you can't go back to where you were. Understand that with this yes, potentially comes with sacrifices. And this yes potentially may cost you things at times. With this yes, it may lead you down a path at times where you wonder where you're going, but just know the Holy Spirit and God is with you the whole step of the way. It says that in Proverbs 16:9 that in his heart a man plans a course, but the Lord determines his steps. So be encouraged and know that God is with you every step of this way. I thank you guys for listening to today's kitchen sermon on death, and I hope you're blessed. We hope today's kitchen sermon on death was encouraging to you, inspiring to you. Through this crazy walk we like to call life, we have multiple ways that you can keep in contact with what's going on with the podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Need Jesus Podcast. We also, as a group, would like to partner with you in prayer. If you need prayer in any way, any form or fashion, you can always email us at we need Jesus life at gmail.com. We'd love to partner with you and see the great things that God wants to do in your life. We had fun with you today and we look forward to next week's sermon here in the kitchen.